It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I think the Miami Dolphins just scored another touchdown. We're breaking down our top takeaways from week three today on the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On 70 Years. And we are your NFL Hello. experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate you all being here very, very much. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Joe, do me a favor and send the promo code to Sean Payton because uh, he's probably looking to fill that defensive oh. coordinator spot. Oh, man. Old oh, Vance man. Joseph, huh? Old Vance Joseph. Well, you know, surprise, surprise. That's... Not having the time of his life. I don't feel like he is. Vance been that way since 2016 in Miami. Um, I digress. Uh, a warm welcome to all of the Swifties who are oh, man. joining the show for the first time because they're now uh, football fans because of the ongoing story with Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Like, yeah. What a, what a, Bill Belichick had a comment on that on the radio this morning. I am floored. I am absolutely it's floored. Just, it, it's worlds colliding, right? It's the Taylor Swift from a pop culture standpoint is here and from the NFL, like is King in sports is here and those two worlds colliding and nobody knows what to do about it. And um, I promise this will probably be the only time you hear about it on our show. But if there are any Swifties who are getting into football and interested in the programming, well, Kyle, I have watched the Citadel play a more competitive game against Alabama during Alabama's undefeated national championship seasons than I've seen the Denver Broncos play against the Miami Dolphins. And we have to talk about this. A 70-burger, Kyle, it doesn't happen in the NFL, not not in this day and age. Like maybe there was a couple times in the 40s and 50s where they got to 70 points. But not 1940 and 1966 were the two occasions in which so, more. So not in the Super Bowl era or even close to it. 70 points. Like, yeah. okay, talk to us. I mean, I know it's speed and leverage with this de- with this offense. I know that they got good players, a good scheme, good. I mean, but come on, 70 points. And what, was, what was this rushing out- output? 300 yards in the National Football League? The, the My favorite statistic from the game is Devon A-Chain ran for more yards in the game on 18 carries than any Miami Dolphins running back ran for their cumulative season total during the team's first year of the rebuild in 2019. 
Okay, so the 2019 Dolphins catching strays, which was what was like Mark Walton had like 201 yards. That was the 201 most 201 yards in four games before he got suspended. Fitz led uh, the team in practice in a practice in Fitz Fitz led the team in rushing with 243 rushing yards. Yeah. Devin A. Chain, 18 carries, 203 yards, two touchdowns. Raheem Mostert, 13 carries, 82 yards, three touchdowns. Chris Brooks, nine carries for 66 yards. This is like USC with Lendell White and Reggie Bush and some up-and-coming star uh, against, you know, Quaker State. Well, just explosive plays is the name of the game, right? And that, that's how you score 70 points in an NFL game because Robbie Chosen with Mike White in the game scores a 68-yard touchdown. Tyreek Hill on the third play from scrimmage offensively goes for 54. Might want to cover that guy. You somehow Might. do it. All we heard, all we heard was PS2 is going to follow Tyreek Hill around the third play of the game. Miami gets... Damari Mathis on Tyreek Hill and Sertain's on the other side of the Sertan is on the other side of the field covering Robbie Chosen. And then the safety drives on the sit route and Tyreek blows through it on the back end and just wide open. So you had two 50 plus yard passing touchdowns. You had at least two 50 yard touch or two, two 50 plus yard runs with Brooks for 52. And I don't even think they scored on that possession. That, I think that was the last possession of the game where they just ran out the clock. Took the knees at the end or whatever. Yeah, A-chain. You, you get two turnovers that set you up inside the 20-yard the line with the, the batted ball that Emmanuel Agba intercepted and the first punch out of Cortland Sutton that Andrew Van Giggle picks up and runs back to the three-yard line like just before the half. So that's the recipe, right? The highs are never as high as they feel. The lows are never as low as they feel. But this is probably a game in which they – it, it it's as close as it feels to the highs being as high and the lows being as low for a team in Miami that has big time aspirations. And then a team like Denver who look, they've spent three first round picks on Russell Wilson and Sean Payton. Yeah. Between, between their draft capital and what it's yielded them and the contracts they've handed out and what that's yielded them. Just a, it's just a fundamentally flawed operation. Yeah. They're They're going to have their hands full Denver. I think that was the biggest thing that stood out to me was, there's some talent. I think the receiving talent has potential to work. Um, it's hard to run the ball with consistency when you have one punt and you force one punt in the game. You have two turnovers in your own scoring area. Um, so the game script didn't go predict- particularly well, but you look at that. Miami just beat them up on the edges, Joe. I mean, Alec Ingold, these tight ends, Tron Armstead came back. They absolutely demolished Denver on the edges offensively in a run game. Randy Gregory, Nick Benito, small, lean edge rushers. And that's that's not even including Cooper. Jonathan Cooper, who's a smaller, undersized player, got, I think, underdrafted because he's an undersized player. And Baron Browning, hmm. who's not who's not playing right now because he's hurt. So Frank Clark didn't play. Like, Frank Clark's your big-body defensive end. I promise you it's not the difference between you conceding 24 points and 70 points. Yeah. Denver 70 to Miami 35 to Washington the week before. Yeah. How Washington look against Buffalo this week. You know, we're, we're talking about the dolphins and their 70 point out outpour, but yeah, that's, I can't believe that offense would score 35 points in a game. What's okay. Let me ask you this question and, and phrase it like this. Probably not that many people watched the Dolphins score 70 points, right? It was a one o'clock game. I did. But everybody's aware that they scored 70 points. Like, what's Mm -hmm. the, 
how do you break it down into a very simple, like I know you mentioned, okay, the explosive plays, they won the edges. <laughs> what else? Like what's what's the things that people need to know about the Dolphins offense coming out of this game and how it moves forward? It, there's the offense is built on complementary elements in every aspect of the offense. So you have speed at wide receiver. Jalen Waddle didn't play. You still have speed at wide receiver. You have Tyreek Hill. This being a timing-oriented offense means your anticipation, you have to anticipate routes and throws before they're made. But off the Shanahan tree, there are adjustments to routes based on defensive leverage, right? So you have to really win reps against pass coverage early. So you can't be afraid to get physical with these guys at the line of scrimmage. All the pre-snap motion makes it so difficult. Yeah. Right. So that's, that's a a multiplying complementary factor. And you say, okay, we're going to play quarters. We're going to play cover two. Well, now you've got a zone rushing offense and you've got a really physical interior trio in the offensive line. And Raheem Mostert added 10 pounds of muscle this offseason, and he like he pounded Denver. So now you have to worry about getting the edge. And now you have to worry about the box count if you're going to take that away. And then Tua has his complementary elements are also complementary of that. And then Mike McDaniel. So it's you have to pick your poison. And it felt like Denver didn't pick anything. Hmm. And as a result, everything worked against them. They didn't choose to be physical at the line of scrimmage against the receivers. They didn't choose to load the box. They didn't choose to play soft cover. It was just like, yeah, we, right. we don't really know. We don't really know. At least Belichick chose something. Correct. Yeah. And they and they held the Dolphins to 24 points and had a chance to win the football game. Yeah, I feel like at this point, if you hold the Miami to 24, you well, got a chance, right? Got a chance. Right. So I think I, I don't want to get on a whole other soapbox here. Uh, and I think it was Aaron Chats that that had the observation of this, and I, I like Aaron Chats. I think he does good work. Um, but he said that the MVP conversation with two is going to be really complicated because uh, you look at him versus the supporting cast around him and the offensive play callers, and it's like, was anybody making excuses for why Steve Young shouldn't win the MVP in San Francisco when he was you know, at the the quarterback of like a record setting offense? because he had Jerry Rice and all of these infrastructure there. Was anybody holding on to Peyton Manning throwing 28 interceptions and saying, well, he's got Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. So like he doesn't have a legitimate argument for the MVP or is anybody saying, well, Tom Brady was a sixth round pick and a game manager and he has Randy Moss and the greatest coach of all time. So he should win the MVP. And like, you just go down the list of like, this, this is why you build a team is to put a player in position. And, like, if we get to the end of the rainbow and Tua plays the season and he stays on the pace that he's on, just like, just, yeah, just admit you're wrong. Just admit just admit that you are wrong. And I was skeptical of Tua when Brian Flores was the head coach because you're, you're trying to filter through all of the layers to figure out why it's not working and what the problem is. I think we know what the problem was with the Miami Dolphins right. in 2020 and 2021 when Tua Tungvalu was the quarterback with Brian Flores as head coach. Yeah, I don't I – don't, um... I didn't see that from Aaron, and um, I think one of the silliest things that people do is try to diminish wins, try to diminish production. 
if it sustains itself, then it's real. And if it sustains itself, two is going to be the MVP. There's they, they won't be close. Um, so obviously huge output, 70 points. I don't know who they play next week. Well, that'll be interesting to find whenever I check the schedule. Uh, be curious to see how that team does against hope, hope, hope it's a good game. Yeah, hope, hope everybody has fun. All right, uh, we got more to talk about. Obviously, the Dolphins, 70 points. We had to get into that first. That's not on Kyle. That's on me. I wanted to talk about Miami. So. I pushed back. Uh, like I pushed back. Yeah, maybe I was like, may, you maybe you pushed back a little more than Denver's defense, but oh, maybe boy. not that much. But All right, uh, these days, every new potential hire feels like a high-stake wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's so easy to create a free jo- job post over at LinkedIn Jobs. And then once you do, add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What in the world happened to the Dallas Cowboys? Um, You texted me about my pick for number one in the NFC, and Dallas responded. Oh, no. And let you know that they are not the best team in the NFC. Hey, by the way, how do you think we did with picks? I have no idea, but I figured you would. Counting against the spread. I hope we did well. If you bring it it up, it usually means that we did well, and we had the same picks this week. So, yeah, we are both sitting at nine and five going into the Monday night football games in double headers, straight up pick them. And NFL scouting against the spread went 10 and four. All right. Money was made. I like that. I like that. After a push break even week one and a seven and nine record in week two, we adjusted the algo a little bit. We went ten and four against the spread. Like it. Like it. Very good stuff. Okay, Dallas Cowboys, they lost by two scores against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh the Arizona Cardinals, a team that we are not taking seriously. Thought they were one of the most lowly teams in the league. Uh, devoid of talent. Dallas Cowboys, one of the hottest teams through two games. Twenty eight to sixteen. Couple of t- I, I don't even think there was that many turnovers in this game. Dak just threw the pick in the end zone. Is that it? That was it on the, la- the last yeah. play. Yeah. Any given was, Sunday. Was, was this the, the, the gut punch of losing Trayvon Diggs? Maybe. Like, did, this, did this team feel that? I have a really hard time. They have 222 rushing yards to the Cardinals. I know. I know. I know. So I guess let's ask ourselves this. I think long-term Dallas 
is still going to be about the team that we thought they'd be, right? right. You, you lose a game you're not supposed to. You'll win a game at some point that you're probably not supposed to. And law of averages, just ask the Vikings about law of averages, one-score games. But Arizona, what's this look like for them? What, what, what are you taking away from 400 yards of offense and 222 rushing yards against well, Dallas? I, I, I think it's bigger than that, right? So they get their win. I mean, they're they're leading in the fourth quarter against Washington in week one. Yep. And obviously they had uh, last uh, week. 20, they, 20 to nothing halftime lead over. Yeah. They got, right. a, they got a jab, right? They've got a little punch to them. And they deserve credit, right? I mean, we clown this team all off season long. They've been far more competitive than I ever thought they would be. And they just beat the Dallas Cowboys, who were one of the hottest teams in the league entering the game. And so, yeah, they deserve credit. And I don't know, like, in a very different way, I'm sure Arizona's thinking, well, shoot, maybe we could play a little bit. And now the Kyler Murray conversation. When's Kyler ready to come back? Right. Be, be kind of interesting. Now, you're at San Francisco next week, so that's not great. And then you have Cincinnati. And then you're at L.A. Rams and at Seattle Seahawks before you're home against the Baltimore Ravens. So I don't think they're going to stack too many here. Now, they have other winnable games on the schedule between the Houston Texans. Now, Houston looked good in week three against Jacksonville in a wild, wacky, weird, positive outcome for them. Uh, they play the Bears. So uh, I think it, the long-assumed Arizona Caleb Williams connection this this is a domino that I think puts that very much in question because they have two they have Houston's first rounder right and their own they already have Houston's first rounder and their own well maybe both Houston and Arizona are going to be better than we and then they they play uh, Chicago Bears late in the season on Christmas Eve so I think that's it's a seismic ripple on each end of the spectrum in the NFC. Because I I don't, I don't think you can say that the bears are a better team than the Arizona Cardinals right now. No, I think there's probably some truth to the big stuff. I think this team took uh, a hit during the week and carried over. Right. Like, and I think that's part of, you know, we get very cliche with next man up and all that type of stuff, but like, there's a practical application to that. And like you and I talk together all the time, like nobody cares about your problems. Right. Right. The, the Cowboys didn't enter this game with extra points because they lost Trayvon Diggs. Nobody cares. Nobody cares that the Dolphins didn't have Jalen Waddle. Nobody cares that the Denver Broncos didn't have Justin Simmons, right? The score is what the score is, right? You got to play. And if if that's a contributing factor to Dallas losing this game, that's a question that I would have for the leadership of that football team. So just to follow that up, the Cowboys, the first two weeks played the Giants and the Jets. They conceded 10 points. They conceded 26 first downs. They conceded 386 yards of offense, and they had seven turnovers. They play the Cardinals, who are less talented Mm -hmm. than both of those teams, and gave up 28 points, 20 first downs, 400 yards, so more yards, almost as many first downs, almost three times as many points, and did not log a single turnover. I think this is very much a manifestation of the human element of the game of football that was realized for the Dallas Cowboys in week week three. 
Now, if you're if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, what a what a week for you, right? You, you get to play tonight. You win that game tonight, and on Sunday or and Thursday, you watch the Commanders fall to two and one. Yep. The Cowboys fall to two and one. Yep. And of course, the Giants get a get a loss. On I mean, Thursday. Yep. Totally yeah, you big. you win tonight and you're Philly. I mean, that's the ultimate weekend, right? That's as good as it can be, especially with Dallas losing to Arizona and the Commanders right. being humbled. Right. Joe, we are speaking of that Tampa Philadelphia game. We're going to be down to four undefeateds by week three. Yeah, you, you, NFL is real you had you had this thought last week about there not being that many two and O teams, and yeah, it dwindled down a little. Yeah, and then here it comes. Right, it's a good yeah. reminder. It's a week to week league. There's no transitive property in football, and humility in the NFL is only a week away. Right. Right. Just so whether like, you won or lost by 50 in week one, leave it or last week, leave it there because you yeah, can't I'm, bring it with you. I'm thankful you can't bring any of those points with you next Sunday. <laughs> Jeez. Hopefully we're keeping a final yeah. petition, petition to Goodell for one week. Yeah. Carry, Carry over like 49. <laughs> we can bring over 49 points. What, I, I texted you about it yesterday and you made a good point. You're like, I can't I can't produce these results in, in, in rookie mode on Madden. The only time I've seen numbers like that in that because they haven't happened. Kai. There's no, there's no other time to have seen them unless you're alive with the Chicago Cardinals in 1940. Right. And who did the, they played the, I'll have to look up who the, the team that they played was, but it was like a baseball name. It's like the Yanks, the, 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 the Brooklyn Yanks was the team that was, what are they up to these days? <laughs> <laughs> Over there getting warehouse workers to play football. I mean, really, I mean, that was a lot of their stuff was just tryouts and putting guys on the field. But modern NFL, I, I mean, I know we've moved past it, but I don't know. I'm, that's going to live in my head all week, sir. Uh, Sean McDermott right after the game was asked, he's like, hey, this is your your 100th, 100th uh, game as head coach of the Bills. He's like, he's like, yeah, that's cool. The Dolphins scored 70 points. They got a long week. <laughs> Come on. Man, I'm I'm sorry. Um the league's better when both of our teams are good. Well, we'll not apologize for feeling that way. It's been it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's so. been a long time since that's in the case. So it's it's a lot of fun. Now we have uh, Bears down bad. Speaking of teams that haven't been good in a while, and then we also have uh, some coaching follies that Ooh, folly. have to be have Ooh. to be acknowledged. Ooh, I used to watch football follies. Wasn't that on? Oh, like follies, yes. Brother. I wasn't missing that. Whenever yeah. that came on uh, back in the day, I was young growing up. All right, you know what else I'm not missing is DoorDash uh, because I love the convenience of getting what I want delivered right to my front door. And with DoorDash Grocery, I can stock up for the week or I can get those last-minute cravings conveniently. You know you've trusted DoorDash for years to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, You'll find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. And folks, you get exactly what you ordered every single time or they will make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked them out for yourself. We got a deal for you. Get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use code LOCKDOWNNFL at checkout. Limited time offer. Terms do apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code locked on NFL. Don't forget that's code locked on NFL for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Chicago, bear down. Um, Literally. Who's, who's resigning this week for this team? What, okay, so this is a bad week for the Bears, right? You start with the Fields like, gets the comments. Helen Williams raiding his house, resigning as a defensive coordinator. Then, like, the, didn't they get like a, a, tons of equipment the stolen from them? Six, six figures worth of equipment stolen from the facility. All in a stretch of a work week. And then and you then go you out lose. and yeah. you get blasted. By the Chiefs, thirty-four to nothing at halftime. It's a bad operation, Kyle, and it's not getting better. Like there's no growth, and and our expectations were pretty modest for Chicago. But we did we did not see them as a ten-win football team. I'll just say that. No, but like, when's the last time they even lost by one score? I mean, they get blown out every week, dude. These are I mean, close this, games. This is thir- 13 straight losses for Chicago. Going back, I'm to trying last to season. find their last one score loss, Kyle. It's 27 to 24 against the, the Falcons, uh, November 20th. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine consecutive two score losses at least by the Bears. On the lexicon of all time bad coaches. How high up the list is Eberflus going to be by the time they choose to move on? He's currently three and seventeen as a head coach in the NFL. What's Hugh Jackson like? Two and thirty something. Yeah, like he's he, he's going to flirt with that stratosphere because they're Denver and Washington the next two weeks. Okay, I don't believe you're going to win any of the football game, but at least you can look at how Washington played against Buffalo after. They, they played other teams that were kind of in their tier as a football team and won those. You can look at Denver. By the way, Chicago uh, has a worse point differential on the season than the Denver Broncos do after Denver just lost by 50 points yesterday. Case in point, non-competitive football games. Minnesota, Las Vegas, the Chargers, the Saints, the Panthers, at Detroit, at Minnesota. I have no reason to believe that they're going to win. I won't go into week expecting Chicago to win any game that they play. They're home against Denver next week. Yep. I mean, that might be the best chance. Denver's a comfortably more talented football team. And they're. you'd like to think Sean Payton gets the tie for poorly coached teams in spite of how poorly they played yesterday. Uh, just a massive discrepancy between what some people perceive with this Bears football team. Um, I know they have a couple injuries on the offensive line, but like, 
We're okay. Not, we're not. No, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. How many times under the 20 games that Matt Eberflus has been the head coach of this football team have the Chicago Bears had more than 200 yards of offense passing? Yeah, probably not many times. How many? Three. One. One game in 20 tries, and that was against Green Bay week 13, December 4th last year. 254 yards passing offense. Now, what I don't get is when you were able to really capture lightning in a bottle when you were Chicago last year, it was that stretch of Washington, New England, Dallas, Miami, Detroit. You rushed for over 1,000 yards in those five games combined. In like consecutive week, you had a month where you rushed for 1,000 yards as an offense. Where is it? And that's That was the thing they could do, right? And you right. feel like the running back situation is better. Saying, oh, we're going to become something totally different and abandon. Like, where is the creative quarterback run scheme? Where is using Justin Fields' strengths to create a unique challenge on how to defend you? And instead, it's become, we're going to be, we're going to try to be just like everybody else. And you're going to put a square peg in a round hole. Now, I don't envy Justin Fields. No, we just got done having this conversation about clinging to your priors and to a tongue of a lowing, trying to compartmentalize what's his problem versus what's the coaching staff's problem. Like, and, and the fact that the reality is it's, it's probably a mix of all of them. Right. But Greg Roman, what are you doing? Greg needs you in Chicago right away. No, but somewhere else, get this man away from Chicago. Not, not that I feel like Justin Fields is, is destined to have success at this point. You're worried about the damage being done, but it's just wild to me that that everything that that you found that was good last year you let go of over the offseason. 11 of 22 99 yards. Justin Fields is going to do it his way this week. 11 for 47 rushing the ball. Under 150 total yards from your quarterback in a game where you lost by 31. Right, and you had a 34 nothing halftime deficit where you very easily you'd have got the softest cover the yeah, softest where, where are the garbage stats right yeah where, you can't even pad garbage time Wayne Gabbert comes in and throws two picks and then on the scale of bad coaching it still might not be as bad as going for it on fourth down up four points in the final moments from your own 24 yard line saying, well, we'll go for it. I trust our quarterback. We got Justin Herbert. And then you run the ball when you have 30 yards of rushing offense all day long and turning it over on downs to Minnesota and giving them every opportunity to win a football game that they they ultimately did not. But process versus results, I think that decision from Brandon Staley might be the worst coaching that we saw in week week three. Especially when you consider – 11 of those 30 rushing yards came from Justin Herbert. So from running backs, Josh Kelly and Isaiah Spiller, you had 13 carries for 19 yards. Meanwhile, Herbert can't throw an incompletion. He's 40 of 47 for 405 yards. Fourth down game on the line, franchise quarterback, $50 million player, hand the ball off. Also, just don't just punt the ball. Or or just punt the ball and force them to go the full length of the field. Yeah. And I, if I'm not mistaken, like they didn't have time. 
Correct. To do that, they needed a touch, a touchdown. Right. So between that and, and McDaniel's, McDaniel said, "Hold my beer." <laughs> Sunday night football. We, need, we we're down eight. We kicked the field goal because we need multiple possessions. Anyway, you like you know there's overtime, right? Dude, like you know you can be tied at the end of regulation and and then play more football and get more possessions. What's worse, that or uh, the Notre Dame? Oh boy, ten men on off, uh, ten men on defense for the last two plays of the game because we didn't have time to run them out there and we couldn't afford a penalty from the one yard line. Okay, so you like within this whole Raider story, they scored a touchdown and two point conversion on their previous offensive possession. So they just did the eight-point thing. And they need eight points to tie the game, and they kicked three because we needed multiple possessions was the explanation. I saw a tweet out there that Josh McDaniels must have Daniel Carlson on his fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> what what else makes sense? Um, but also, yes, Marcus Freeman, come on, bro. Took his headset right. off. You you So you run the first – you come out of the timeout with 10 men on. And you realize you have 10 men on, right? Hey, little Johnny, come here. Stand on the 20. And when the, as soon as the play is over, sprint. If you're not going to make it, touch an offensive player. So it's oh, not a free play. Would it be so way not, better? Way better than what happened? Then, oh, yeah, we're just going to ride with 10 for the last two plays and hope that they don't see it and don't choose to run to the uncontested A through C gap. Can't happen. Can't happen. <laughs> Cannot happen. A weird week of coaching. By the way, that Josh Kelly, to, to your point, that Josh Kelly run um, was with 151 left on the clock from the 24-yard line. They got off the hook, though, for that. Can you believe it? No. That might have that might have sunk the ship completely. If they lose that game, fall to 0-3, and, and that and if, Minnesota's if Brandon, close to Does Brandon Staley make it home? Probably shouldn't. Zero and three. Callum Moore, what's up, buddy? You're now the head right. coach. You're getting those head coaching interviews. Here you go. Here it is, man. Please, God, save us. Wild, 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 wild week three, Joe. And there's obviously a lot more that happened this week, and that's what I'm excited about. The next couple of days, we have the power rankings, so we're going to talk about all the teams. But as we consider what the big storylines were, this is this is where it landed. This was kind of the centerpiece, and we got two games tonight. Oh, we have to make a formal decision on how are we supposed Cincinnati to even know if Burrow's of, playing in spite of having no idea. And Jonathan Jones of CBS saying yesterday, Joe Burrow might not only not play in week three, he might go on IR. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, you got to Zach Taylor is giving uh, it, Bill Belichick couldn't be more proud of Zach Taylor. That's all I'll say for the ambiguity of. The severity of the injury, whether he's going to play, not play. Joe Burrow's gone on a golf cart with Mike Brown, the owner of the franchise, doing during a practice, doing stretch. laps. I mean, come on, man. Weird. Um, Weird is an understatement. So we will say if Joe Burrow plays, we'll probably pick the Bengals. If Joe Burrow does not play, we'll pick the Rams. Yeah, I guess so. Is that fair? Yeah. Just so we have something on the record for the game? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll find out. I know Joe Burrow's supposed to have a workout this morning. 
We shall see, and we shall see all of you tomorrow. We're doing AFC Conference Power Rankings. We are looking forward to it. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, we are locked on NFL Scouting. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Make it a great rest of your day. We're out of here. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.